Do you like free stuff? I do. BlueprintMCAT.com. Go sign up for a free account. Get access to Blueprint MCAT's Diagnostic, Blueprint MCAT's Full Length One, Blueprint MCAT's amazing brand new space repetition platform with over 1,600 flashcards already made for you, as well as their amazing study planner tool. Schedule out the content so you know if you are on track to take the MCAT when you need to. Again, that's blueprintmcat.com for all of those free goodies. The MCAT Podcast, session number 96. A collaboration between the medical school headquarters and Blueprint MCAT. The MCAT Podcast is free MCAT prep to help you understand the MCAT, teach you how to break down questions, and give you the skills and confidence to get the score you want on your MCAT test day. Learn more about Blueprint MCAT at blueprintprep.com slash MCAT. Now, before I jump in and say hello to Brian, I want to let you know the pre-med playbook guide to the MCAT is finally available in paperback and in Kindle format. Now, if you're an Amazon Prime member, you get access to Kindle Unlimited, potentially. Go check it out. You can read it for free. Again, that's the pre-med playbook guide to the MCAT. If you're just starting out on this journey and you're listening to these podcasts for fun, go check it out. It will be your resource as you're going through the process to make sure you're registering on time, to make sure you're applying for FAP on time. All of that fun stuff is going to be in this book. Again, pre-med playbook guide to the MCAT. Today, we're going to jump in and cover some psychology questions. Next week, I'm excited to jump in. We're going to start breaking down a full-length exam, going question by question on the full-length. And that's going to be an amazing time. So don't forget to subscribe to make sure you don't miss any of these episodes every week. All right, let's go ahead and jump in, say hello to Brian, and start with our psychology questions. All right, Brian, last week we got personal talking about spinal cord lesions and all kinds of other fun stuff about uh, myelin and, and uh, insulin. This week we got some psych to talk about. Any, any fun facts about today? Um, no, I just, you know, I, given how we had, like you said, we got a little personal last week. We were, so I thought maybe a, a good follow up to that would be doing a little bit of psychology, right? Is <laughs> it a, a reminder of why this stuff is on the MCAT? Because when we treat patients, we're not, we're not just treating machines. We're not treating robots. We're treating human beings and the psychological context in which we treat those illnesses, um, matters tremendously. Yeah, I like it. All right, so follow along, episode 96, so the MCATpodcast.com slash 96 to get the handouts. We'll start with question 28. Which of the following emotions is considered a universal emotion? One, or I, Roman numeral one, disgust. Roman numeral two, contempt. Roman numeral three, love. So we have A, one only, B, two only, C, one and two only, or D, one, two, and three. Three. So, um, I want I want you to talk before we even go into this. Um, mm-hmm. You always have a trick about looking at these Roman numerals for these one only, one and two only, and saying, "Hey, this this one's obviously not right because of the the way that it's laid out in the answer choices." 
Um, mm-hmm. it, can you break down the, the answers here in that way and say, oh, obviously it's not whatever. Um, yeah, it's not, there's not necessarily a gimmick to it. Uh, rather, the, I, I mean, the method you want to use is real simple, which is do whatever Roman numeral is the easiest for you. Um, you can read, you know, 10 different MCAT books and get 10 different supposed tricks for Roman numeral questions. Uh, and, and me personally, and next step in general, we're not, we're not big fans of the idea that, you know, the MCAT isn't a magic trick, right? Um, but there are rhythms you can use, you know, some real simple techniques. And in the case of Roman numerals, there's no reason to go in order from one to two to three. If you read one, two, and three and go, oh, well, three is obviously wrong then don't try to figure out the other two Roman numerals. Just use that for process of elimination um, before considering the other remaining Roman numerals. Um, in this case, you've you know, one or two or one and two. Mm-hmm. Um, it pretty strongly suggests that it's one of those. Roman numeral three only shows up in a single answer choice. Yeah. Having said that, if Roman numeral three is a correct Roman numeral, then you're done, right? I mean, you, yep. you pick the only answer choice that has three. Yeah. So if I were to look at this, I go, oh, love, like love has to be a a universal emotion because without love, like love of a child from a mother, right? We wouldn't be here because as soon as the baby would pop out, the mom would leave it alone and the baby wouldn't grow up to to then carry on and and have her, her own offspring. So because I think three has to be like love has to be a universal emotion, I would go with D, one, two, and three. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so there's an important that that is incorrect. Oh man! And there's uh, an important um, subtext to this question, which really comes out only if you really know your psych backwards and forwards. So if you ever see the phrase "universal emotion" on the MCAT, they're talking about a very particular phenomenon. The the, the psychologist Ekman who had what he called the the universal emotions, he was actually really specifically referring to one phenomenon, emotions that are reflected universally in facial expressions. So he studied, you know, people in Western society, and he went to Papua New Guinea and, and investigated tribesmen there. And, uh, you know, he just traveled all around the world and examined facial f- expressions, for different emotions. And he developed this list of, of seven emotions that every society everywhere had these emotions and had the same facial expressions for them. So, Ryan, you might be right in some sort of metaphysical sense that love is, uh, I don't know, as the Beatles said, all you need. Right? <laughs> all you need, all you need <laughs> right? is love. Yeah, uh, but that that's not what this question or the MCAT is getting at when they use the phrase universal emotions. And so it's, it's happy and sad. Right. And, and the way I remember these is just kind of with the, the clumping uh, technique, right? You clump ideas together. Mm-hmm. So uh, every society everywhere has happy and sad and shows them in the same way on the face. Then surprise and fear. And I always remember that as if somebody like suddenly surprises you, you would be scared in response, right? Mm-hmm. So surprise and then fear. That's, those are the next two. Contempt and disgust. Right, very strongly negative emotions, and the final one, anger. So it's you're happy and sad. You know, your your most kind of childish, superficial emotions you can imagine: happy and sad. Then surprise and fear. Somebody <laughs> shocks you, and you get scared. And then finally, the three really bad emotions: contempt and disgust and anger. 
Um, so in this case, it's one and two. Disgust and contempt are, are two of Ekman's universal emotions. All right. So universal emotions, think of Inside Out, the movie, which is a must-see hey. Pixar movie. And hey, love yeah. is not one of the characters. Exactly. Yeah. Well, and that's exactly where those where Pixar got that from, right? Yep. They had sadness, the little blue one, and yep. happiness, the bright shiny yellow one, and anger, the red one. Um, <laughs> yep. uh, disgust, yeah, disgust was yep. the stuck up valley girl type yep. character, whatever. Yep. All there, and and no love. <laughs> no all. love. No love at all. So that's that's funny. Now now we know where that came from. All right, let's take a look at the next question, number 30. Uh, to foster the use of problem-oriented strategies, with a minimum number of patient-doctor sessions, a clinician would most likely use what modality of therapy? A, psychodynamic therapy, B, systems therapy, C, cognitive behavioral therapy, D, humanistic existential therapy. Yeah, I know nothing about different therapy types. Mm -hmm. There's a giveaway here. Just like in, in the last question, the phrase, the word universal or the phrase universal emotions was just your knee-jerk response here. Mm. Problem-oriented, that you just have an immediate knee-jerk response. If the MCAT says problem-oriented, that's cognitive behavioral. Um, a very specific kind of therapy where the therapist is not going to lie you down on a couch and ask you how you feel about your mother or what you dreamed about last night. Like that's, you know, throw all that out, right? Cognitive behavioral is problem focused specifically centered around solving very um uh, very solvable problems in a person's life like addiction problems food disorders uh d depressive disorders where it teaches the patients to recognize their cognitions oh i recognize right now i am thinking x and then recognize the behaviors that come from those cognitions i recognize right now that i am thinking uh, thought X, which leads me to do behavior Y, and behavior Y is something destructive, right? Overeating, overdrinking, so, you know, something, uh, and and then to kind of um, d disrupt that, right? So that you get away from those maladaptive behaviors. Um, it's not concerned with some sort of humanistic existential. How do I be the fullest version of myself, right? Like, no, no, not none of that. Let's just stop overeating, right? Um, that sort of thing. Okay. All right, question 45. A board of trustees investigated rising costs at a hospital and found that employee turnover was rising, causing deficient, unskilled care and leading to increased costs and lower revenue. The hospital board, citing the hospital's tradition of excellent care and happy employees, decided to ignore this report's recommendations in favor of those given by an outside consulting group who said the cost rise was due to local economic conditions. This choice exemplifies what kind of bias? A, in-group bias, B, confirmation bias, C, out-group bias, or D, attribution bias. So we've done bias stuff before, and it always tricks me up, trips me up, and I don't know any ways to, to help learn this stuff better other than you just have to know, obviously, the definitions inside and out, which... Mm -hmm. Again, for, for psych soch is, is kind of the heart of what we kind of drill home every time we talk about psych and soch is you really need to know the nitty-gritty definitions of things. Um, and so for me, there's something about confirmation bias that's pulling. Like they, they're looking for something to confirm what they hope to be right. And so that's why they're choosing somebody else's 
recommendation. So I would go with B, confirmation bias. Yeah, absolutely. Here, it said they went with an outside consulting group. So that tells you it's not in or out group bias. In group bias says is you believe you're in group, you know, you think better of them. Mm-hmm. And out group says you kind of like look down on or biased against the out group. Mm-hmm. But in this case, they actually went with the outside consultant. Mm-hmm. So this isn't an in versus out issue, right? A and C are right out. Uh, and attribution bias doesn't even fit the description, right? This description is about a systems level problem, right? The hospital is blah, 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 and experiencing blah, blah, blah. Attribution bias is how you attribute certain behaviors to people, right? You, wa- you watch a guy do a thing, and then the researcher asks, why did he do that thing? And then how you answer that question, how you attribute the behavior, uh, can, can be biased. And so that's attribution bias. There was no individual made reference to in this question. So it's not even relevant. All right. So there you have it. The MCAT podcast psychology this week. Again, don't forget to check out the pre-med playbook guide to the MCAT on Amazon or paperback, Amazon Kindle or paperback. And remember, you don't have to have a Kindle device, an actual Kindle to read a Kindle book. They, Amazon makes apps for every platform out there. If you are in the market for full-length practice tests for the MCAT, go to nextsteptestprep.com. Use the promo code MCATPOD, that's all capital letters, M-C-A-T-P-O-D, to save 10% on your purchase of full-length exams. Full-lengths are the best way to practice. I remember when I was taking the MCAT way, way back in the day, I would sit down, right? This was back when it was still a paper test. We would sit down the full lengths were not on, on a computer. Sit down. The full lengths were laminated. We'd have this other sheet that would cover it that was a, like a transparency, and we'd use dry erase markers and then hold over uh, a second scoring sheet on top of that. Don't worry. Next Step Test Prep's full lengths are nowhere near that bad as far as usability. They're actually set up so that the testing experience is exactly the same as what you will get on the AAMC when you go for your test day. It's the same exact setup, the same way you use the mouse, the same way you use the keyboards, the same way you highlight, everything is exactly the same. Again, go check them out, nextsteptestprep.com. Hope you have a great week. Don't forget, next week, if you subscribe, you get this on your phone, on your computer, wherever you're listening right now, automatically. And we're gonna start question one on a full length, this full length 10 from Next Step. Have a great week. We'll see you next time.